الجزيرة بودكاست. It's an agreement aimed at implementing a peace deal. The Ethiopian government and Tigray rebels have pledged to allow humanitarian aid deliveries into the war-torn region. But will the truce hold and is peace in northern Ethiopia possible? Let's bring in our guest in Stockholm is Tikle Gebri Michael, associate editor of Tigat, a platform that documents the war in Tigray. In London, Martin Plout, senior research fellow at the Institute of Commonwealth Studies. And in Birmingham is Bizona Getachu Yemeno, teaching fellow at the University of Birmingham. Welcome to the program. Tikle, there are accusations and counter accusations from both parties, the Tigray, Tigrayans and the government about the access that has been granted to the humanitarian tracks into Tigray, it doesn't seem to be happening according to the Tigrayans. Well, so, so uh, what we know is that the, the, the Tigrayans were in very, very uncertain terms told in South Africa that if they didn't sign the deal, uh, humanitarian aid would be continued to be withheld as it has uh, as it had been for for the past two years. Essentially, the Ethiopian regime and the Eritrean uh, regime joined hands and used starvation as a as a as a as a weapon of war, and that was held against them against the Tigrayan representatives in South um, Africa. The reason uh, now we have come to learn they were forced to, to sign the deal was because they were told by the observers, by the facilitators of the AU and the Americans, that if they didn't sign the, the deal, um, starvation would continue to be used as a weapon of war. So that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and they signed because they wanted aid to get into starving people. People are dying from starvation. From multiple reports, we have been able to understand that there is immense suffering in Tigray. But even though they, they signed under that iner- enormous pressure, we know that aid hasn't got into to, to grab until uh, today. So nothing has changed in terms of actually aid um, getting to Tigray, even though the very mm-hmm. reason that Tigrayan representative signed the deal that is otherwise extremely unfavorable to Tigray was to make sure that aid um, got into Tigray. But it's extraordinary that the AU and the Americans and the other people who facilitated the, the deal mm-hmm. would, would, would really use uh, the, the withholding of aid as a bargaining chip. Um, so that's where we are. OK, Martin, the, it seems that the idea of starting with the humanitarian aspect of the agreement is to build trust and confidence between the two warring sides. But after two years of blockade and starvation, the WHO chief is saying that many people are dying from treatable diseases and many are dying from starvation. Is this an indication that the agreement itself remains fragile? Well, I think until the aid actually begins to flow and we have no indication yet that it is flowing, then certainly it will remain fragile because, uh, as as Tekla has just made clear, this is one of the main reasons that the uh, Tigrayans signed. Uh, but we have to see some kind of proof. Um, and that's why it's important that not only the aid goes in, but we should have some independent journalists going in as well, who can then report from the ground and say, this is what is happening. Mm-hmm. Bizuna, why is it that on one hand, you get a sense from uh, Addis Ababa that they have made major gains in the agreement, but at the same time, they seem to be extremely cautious, careful when it comes to channeling aid and allowing aid into Tigray. What is happening? 
Yeah, I think uh, both parties have, have gained a lot from signing the peace deal. Uh, the war has been devastating and uh, millions of people were starving because of the conflict. And this conflict should get solution in one way or the other. And they finally agreed to resolve the issue peacefully, which is a huge uh, achievement uh, in the continent by just looking at the deal, uh, even if you know that its implementation is crucial. But on the other side, in terms of delivering aid, the government reported that uh, the aid started flowing to the region. Uh, however, there are parties that are still under the TPLF control and the disarming and demobilization and the reintegration has not been completed. The two uh, groups, military leader, signed the, the detailed procedure of uh, disarming and reintegration only two days ago. And I think it is very early to, to evaluate the, the amount of the flow of aid. But we, we need to also remember that uh, mm -hmm. there are a lot of issues and convincing each uh, soldiers and uh, passing down the command needs some time, even from the TPLF, considering that they are feeling that the deal was bad uh, from their perspective. This may need some days to convince. Okay. And one of the negotiators, Geta Churata, only back to Matale today. And I think it's too early to, to flag that there is a problem or that the deal has not delivered anything. Uh, hopefully, they need to work a lot in order to deliver uh, what the agreement says. Tikley, the Tigrayans had a set of conditions in the past about starting political talks with Addis Ababa. They, they seem to have decided to abandon most of those demands for the sake of having aid trickling into their own areas. Is, is, does it really explain the fact that the Tigrayans were willing to go for those massive, massive setbacks when it comes to signing this agreement just for the sake of uh, uh, humanitarian catastrophe on the ground? Well, I don't think they have abandoned uh, their demand, Hashan. I think what happened is when they went to South Africa, they found out that the cards were stacked against them because they were told that whatever deal was offered to them, they had to sign because if they didn't, aid wouldn't get in. So they were not in a position to demand the other political, um, the other political questions that they had before. They had to sign in the faint hope that some aid would trickle into to, to grind. And what they did, actually, what I think, and we don't really know because they haven't been really speaking openly about why they signed the deal, but I think what happened is that they put the other questions in the back burner and they signed in the hope that some, some aid would um, get in. So that seems to be the thinking on the part of the Tigrayans delegate, uh, delegate. But I don't think they have mm -hmm. um, abandoned the demands because they are basic ones, the demands. They say that the Tigrayans, uh, Tigrayans um, territorial integrity must be respected, constitution must be respected, mm -hmm. uh, perpetrators of crimes must be held to account. So they are basic ones, the demands. I, I don't think they would be uh, in a position to drop them. Okay. But, uh, if I could just add one point um, to yes. the Ethiopian, uh, to the point that the Ethiopian um, guest raised. The, a senior government official was yesterday um, called lying. He said that aid was flowing to Tigray, but immediately humanitarian workers in, in Ethiopia said that that was actually categorically a lie because they have been banned and they still continue to be banned from delivering aid. So the, mm -hmm. the, the, aid, the claim that aid is getting to Tigray is a complete categorical uh, lie. And this is something that humanitarian workers have been repeatedly saying. And okay. one more point. 
Um, there is Eritrea. There's the question of Eritrea. We will talk. Eritrea we will talk. I'll get to back to you. Particularly, so, I'll promise you I'll get back to you when we talk about uh, later in the program right. about uh, Eritrea. Martin, you have two narratives here. You have the Tigrayans who say, no, we've managed to secure what we wanted, although the diaspora is talking about an act of humiliation. You have the Addis Ababa, on the other hand, which says, as long as we manage to secure an agreement that does not talk about the Tigrayan government, does not refer to the 2020 election in Tigray, and talks about the need to integrate the Tigrayans into the Ethiopian military establishment, that's a massive political gain for Abi Ahmed. I agree with you. I think it, I think it was for the uh, Tigrayans to give up on the on the the election which they held, which was frankly at just as uh, as uh, uh, accurate and fair as the Ethiopian election, which took place later, which the was so rigged that the European Union refused to send monitors to, to it. But there, there's one thing that is really important in the uh, agreement with the with the combatants, which was signed two days ago. It first of all, it recognizes the Tigray armed combatants, not the TPLF. So it actually begins to say, yes, there are people who are not necessarily party, but are the army and those who are there we're dealing with. The second point is, let me just read you item 2C. It says, upon disengagement, the federal authorities shall assume federal responsibilities in accordance with the Constitution for all areas, including the resumption of services. If that is the case, then frankly, it's not up to the TPLF or anybody else to let the, the aid in. It's up to the federal authorities. That is what they have signed. Mm -hmm. Bezuna, you can win a war, you can win a conflict, you can manage to use your own leverage to salvage whatever you can from a political agreement. But don't you think that the biggest challenge facing Abi Ahmed in the near future is to win the hearts and minds of people in Tigray after all the atrocities committed against them? Yeah, uh, the most important thing is uh, to build trust uh, both between the two parties and between the leader of the federal government and the Tigray people. At the same time, for this conflict, I don't think it is just one party that is responsible. The crimes and atrocities have been committed by both parties. So therefore, if we have to blame, we have to blame both of them and it is not easy for, for the federal government as well to re-establish, reintegrate uh, the Tigrayan population into the Ethiopian state. But the problem was not between the people, but it was be be between the political leaders and the military engagement were between the, the soldiers. So it's, it's not easy for both parties uh, and the TPLF as well, if it wants to mm -hmm. remain uh, the, the representative of the Tigray people, there must be a mechanism to renew its commitment to the people of the region. But at the same time, opposition parties in the, in the region also need to do something to engage actively in the politics because uh, all, all parties have bad record regarding how they are delivering their promises to the public. So right. it's not easy to, to rebuild. Tikla, you spoke earlier about the Eritrean uh, troops uh, who were fighting along with uh, the Ethiopian army in Tigray. This was a sticking point, to the point where the, in South Africa there was uh, 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 an insistence on avoiding using the term Tigrayan forces and referring instead to foreign involvement. Where does it leave the Tigrayan uh, in the future when it comes to dealing with Eritrean troops? Well, so in the um, in the in the agreement signed in in Nairobi, as as Martin said, um, the 
they they say that non-END forces must leave um, the region. So they use a very ambiguous language because they couldn't bring themselves to mention Eritrea, and they couldn't say Eritrea must leave um, Tigray because that would have offended Eritrea. And because of the um, domineering role that Eritrea has been having over Ethiopia, Ethiopia is now not in a position to assert itself over Eritrea. So they are in a bit of, of a pickle, Ethiopia, when it comes to Eritrea. But whether it's lived to grow, I think the, the one demand that Tigrayans would say would be uh, for Ethiopia to openly say that Eritrea should leave um, Tigray and that if it's refused, the Tigray forces would be in a position to, to deal with Eritrea uh, alone. That would be the position of the Tigrayans. But one point that the Ethiopian guest said, if I could uh, mm -hmm. mention, he said that all parties have committed crimes. Now, to a degree, that is true, but the, the crimes committed by the Ethiopian and Eritrean forces are materially and qualitatively different. Even according to the UN report, and the UN has been on the whole um, sympathetic to Ethiopia, but even according to the UN report, the, the report says that Ethiopian and Eritrean forces have committed crimes against humanity and war crimes, whereas nothing of the sort has been committed by Tigrayan forces. So to say that mm -hmm. all parties have committed crimes is wrong. There is a huge difference to the type and degree of crimes uh, committed. One final point, um, in terms of the Abiy regime and the Tigrayan people, I think too much water has passed um, under the bridge. I don't think there is any way that the two parties could uh, reconcile and, and come to, All right. to, one, um, to one side. I think the only way is how do they go their own ways. I think to the extent that the, there needs to be a discussion, it's about how should the separation be made in, in, in a peaceful manner. Okay. I don't think there is an opportunity for, for them to, to reconcile. Martin, if we are to talk about how to move forward as far as the agreement is concerned, now let's talk about the mechanisms of monitoring and verification, which are going to be solely under the responsibility of uh, small units under the umbrella of the African Union. Is it going to work? Does it hold any sort of legitimacy, any political weight? I mean, it has legitimacy. The problem is it's so small, it's going to be extremely difficult to see how, the, how this works. And I think they're going to have to rely a lot on satellite evidence, which the United Nations certainly has, and I presume is making available to, the, uh, to both sides so that they can see what's going on. But I mean, the, the point really is not only the removal of the Eritreans from, uh, the, uh, from Tigray, but if you look at the, the other bit of the, of the agreement, it says um, disin, disin, disarmament of heavy weapons will be done concurrently with the withdrawal of foreign and non-Ethiopian national defense forces from the region. That would suggest that both the Eritreans must leave and the Amhara and Fano forces must also leave from Western Tigray, because if everything's going to be done by the Constitution, then Western Tigray is part of Tigray. That's what the Constitution says right now. Mm -hmm. That's what must be required. So how is that going to be achieved? Very, very difficult to see how that's done and very difficult to monitor. Bezuna, are we likely to see a prime minister of Ethiopia saying that it's about time not only to, as you've been talking earlier, about the need to set aside those differences and move forward, but to recognise the fact that there's been something terribly wrong over the last two years. To address it, we have to say we made mistakes and we have to acknowledge that the Tigrayans won't accept anything less than something like an autonomy, the need for themselves to own their own fate. 
regarding, let me start from the autonomy point of view. I don't think there is a, there is autonomy demand clearly presented by the Tigray representing uh, uh, group who negotiated in Pretoria and uh, Nairobi as well. Uh, the most important thing here is how to go forward. Uh, one of uh, the panelists, uh, Ethiopian panelists, mentioned that huge part of crime were committed by, by the federal government, soldiers, etc. But I don't think, unless a proper examination is, uh, is conducted by an independent body, it is very difficult and destructive to pass judgment. You know, this money no, no, would have been By the way, by that. on that particular, just for, our, uh, for the sake of our uh, uh, viewers, the US, the U.S. said that half a million people were killed in the conflict. The United, the Europeans' top uh, uh, foreign envoy, Joseph Borrell, said that 100,000 of people were killed. A United Nations-backed investigation commission accused all sides of committing abuses atrocity, but also accused the uh, government in Addis Ababa of using starvation as a weapon of war. And they also accused the Eritrean uh, army of committing atrocities against people in Tigray, just for the sake of the record. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah. thank you very much for, for bringing this to, to attention. Uh, the whole point about autonomy is, so that, that the argument is that let's go back to pre-war scenario mm -hmm. and let's respect the constitution. So we know what pre-war scenario was in terms of geography, in terms of uh, territorial consent, uh, territorial contests. So, uh, the TPLF will continue as a legitimate political party, mm -hmm. considering that it will be delisted from a uh, terrorist list, and it will start engaging like any other political party. So pre-war scenario was there was no regionally uh, conducted election, because conducting, conducting election is only federal federal mandate, according to the Constitution. So the whole point is going back before, before uh, what was happened and mm -hmm. then re-engage uh, in, in a formal way. Uh, so in this regard, there is no autonomy or autonomy has been granted for all regions yeah. of Ethiopia. They, they have autonomy up to cessation according to Article 39 of the Constitution. So if, if the Tigray people want that, they can present through okay. uh, following constitutional procedure. And I don't think that's an issue at this point. The issue Perfect. is trying to re-engage and reintegrate the, the region into Ethiopia. I have other issues to discuss with you, and I appreciate if you can give me some very short answers, if you don't mind. Let me start with Tikle. Do you think it's about time for the TPLF itself to reinvent, in, reinvent itself? Because in a way or another, they started with an adventure, and it's backfiring on them massively. Well, yeah, I mean, it's true that the TPLF needs a lot of um, reinvention on itself. I think it has to bring itself to modern times. I think it has to be more inclusive in Tigray. Um, I think it has to start working with opposition parties in Tigray. But in terms of the demands that it has been making when, as far as the war is concerned, mm -hmm. I don't think there is anything that the TPLF could have done. Because they, they are making very simple demands which is that whatever happens in Tigray, what kind of government um, gets elected in Tigray, mm -hmm. is entirely up to the people of Tigray. And the federal regime doesn't have any um, uh, any mandate coming to Tigray and okay. making change and forcing people to, to elect one party or another. So, mm -hmm. yes, okay. it must reinvent itself, but Ma not as far as its dealings with Ethiopia is concerned. Martin, you would have thought, uh, everybody would have thought that the, the EU and the Americans would, with the leverage they have, would be... Um, signatories of the agreement, or at least would have a, a, a say. It, it doesn't seem to be the case. Leaving the AU itself as the sole guarantor of the whatever happens in the future.
Is it a good idea? Oh, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. I mean, the uh, but then don't forget the U the UN and the EU and the US were not signatories. They witnessed what happened. They mm -hmm. were not signatories. And really, what we need to see now is a place in which Tigray can feel itself uh, comfortable and secure within Ethiopia. It's then up to them, as the uh, colleague from uh, from Addis was putting it, to use the constitution, if that is what they want, to seek uh, separation, if they want it, under Article 39. But, uh, you know, it really needs a lot of goodwill on both sides. Okay. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Bizuna, when you look at the very uh, uh, heart of the agreement, cessation of hostilities, restoration of humanitarian aid, reestablishment of federal authority over the Tigray and the disarming of the PLF fighters, there is absolutely no way this is going to happen today, tomorrow, or even in the near future. This explains why many people are really cautious about this agreement. Is this, a, is this a same consensus in Addis Ababa? No, I, I don't think... Uh... Uh, narrating this something as it is as impossible is is not correct because this is something possible nobody assumed that they would reach such agreement in six seven days negotiation but it happened and the, the progress is well and in kenya they also signed agreement regarding how to implement so it is possible to solve these conflicts peacefully mm -hmm. and some of the services for example banking has re resumed in some parts according to government report about seven seven areas in tigray where the federal government controlled so step-by-step -step procedure but it should okay. be fast and supported Thank all you. international actors should should support the process please soon i get to show you emmanuel martin plough tick leg michael i really appreciate your insight looking forward to talking to you in the future I'm Hashim Al-Barra, and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help define major global stories. That's it for the Inside Story podcast. This episode was produced by Mohamed Al-Aishi, Nihad Al-Abidi, Fung Nguyen, and Jima Harris. Studio Sand was by Phil Morrison. The program was edited by Leroy Messina, Lynn Gwynn, and Jody Frias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again on Tuesday.